Hello everyone, welcome to my channel. My name is Federico and this is Wilson Fire. And here we are again with another podcast. This time we have a very interesting topic to talk about. And as you probably know and you saw from the title of this podcast, we will be talking about the Silverstone Grand Prix. And I'll have to be honest with you. I think this Grand Prix gave a lot to talk about from interesting moments, some of them unpredictable, and most of all, controversy. Pure controversy from the beginning to the end. And controversy that, it, that still happens right now that created a sort of debate between the fans, between, well, between the teams and the drivers in general, you know? And, and I think it is very interesting. But this time, we are not going to talk about that controversy. Maybe we'll do it another time. But now, what we are going to talk about is, as we mostly do, as we do many times, actually, are the results and a little bit of the highlights that we saw from these Grand Prix, from the drivers and the teams. And let's start big. Let's start with the, with the DNF from Max Verstappen. That's right. He started in pole position by winning the first ever sprint race. And what can I say, really? There's really, really a lot to say about what happened here. And, and I think I'm going to leave it really for, for the whole controversy stuff that happens between Verstappen and Hamilton. I will probably leave it for another podcast, as I said. What I can tell you is that, well, in the first lap, he had a really good start. He defended himself from Hamilton in the first few corners in a very efficient way so that he could keep that first position. But then disaster happened for him. Uh, he had a, a big incident with Lewis Hamilton and and really the it was the way he crashed it was a really strong impact at 300 kilometers per hour in a in a certain area of the track where it is usually very dangerous to to not only to overtake but it is also very dangerous to crash really uh, and he even had to go to the hospital after it just for a check-in really but still that was very dangerous and fortunately He's safe and there are no other consequences. But again, it was very dangerous. I know that some people are supporting Max Verstappen on this and put the blame on Lewis Hamilton. Some others are, are well, they think the other way around, that Lewis Hamilton did nothing, did nothing wrong and they are putting the blame on Max Verstappen. But really, what it is true here is that now, after this result, the, the battle for the, as I mentioned in the, on the Instagram post, the battle for, the, for both the Drivers' and Constructors' Championship just got even more intense now that they are much more closer. Uh, the difference between Verstappen and Hamilton and Red Bull and Mercedes. But again, there is a lot left to talk about from it, maybe in another podcast. Now, the second and last DNF of this race was for Sebastian Vettel. That's right, he started eighth on the grid after a good he had a good qualifying session, a good sprint race, but unfortunately, and even a good start, he was in P6 before, after the red flag. But the problem is that he spun during the first few laps when he was trying to overtake Fernando Alonso. And yes, after that, he went to the back of the grid. He had damage on his car and then no, no other possibility really to, to recover. And that's, that's why he had to 
to retire from the race. And now we go with the drivers that actually finished this race. Once again, we have the two Haas drivers, but this time the one who finished in last, in last position after starting eight on the grid, 18th on the grid, sorry, it is Mick Schumacher. It is surprising, surprising that Nikita Mazepin actually finished ahead of him in P17 after starting behind him in P19. And it is interesting, I, I, this just shows that I guess Nikita Mazepin is improving quite a, a little bit. And, you know, getting this, the fact that he finished ahead of his teammate, I guess it is a relief and he could get much confidence from it. Still, let's be honest, the Haas drivers are completely behind. They're far behind the others. In fact, they finished, I think, one minute behind the car ahead. So it is clear that the big problems that the Haas are having right now uh, in their worst year. And, and I'm, now that I see Haas this year, I, I really remember the, the Williams that we used to see back in 2019, where they had absolutely no chance of fighting for, for not only for a top 10 finish, but also against other drivers. They were always on the back of the grid. Well, now this is happening to Haas. And surprisingly, the driver who finished ahead of the Haas drivers in 16th position was Sergio Perez. And on the one hand, I understand it, because he started from the pit lane after, after retiring from the sprint race due to a mistake he made. Uh, the only good thing that I can say from this race from him is that he got the fastest lap of the race at the very end. And thanks to it, he was kind of helpful for Verstappen for and for the team in general. But nothing else really than what I can say. I, I also think that part of the blame is from Red Bull that they didn't do the... They, they didn't develop the strategy as, as they were supposed to do or as from where we are used to see by the Red Bull team because he started with the hard tires and then after that they pitted too early and I still don't understand why they did that but it is what happened and it was a really poor weekend for not only for Sergio Perez but for the, for the, for the Red Bull team in general as you saw before that I explained for Max Verstappen. And then it is Kimi Raikkonen who finished in 15th position after starting 13th on the grid. And it is a shame really because it was just a silly mistake that he made with Perez. Initially he was P10, but yes, again, he made him, uh, he was trying to overtake Perez for P9, but instead, well, he, he spun and that's the position, that the position that he finished in. Then he got quite angry. He said, he told his engineer to make the car faster. And that's the way that it would have been easier to, to overtake not only Sergio Perez, but the other drivers as well. And yes, considering, he's considering that part of the mistake is that, that the, driver is re that the car is not fast and it is really difficult to drive. And the Williams driver, Nicholas Latifi, finished ahead of him in P14 after starting 17th on the grid. And well, I, I think considering this result, it was a better race compared to... The previous ones still there is a, I think there could be a big room of improvement for for Latifi especially considering where his teammate is not only during the race but also and especially during the qualifying sessions and I and I will include the sprint race this time and then ahead of him we have Antonio Giovinazzi finishing in P13 he started 15th on the grid and I don't, I don't know. I feel that he, he was really absent throughout the whole race. I, I can't really say like 
great things about his race. I think it could have been better, but at the same time, not not the worst performance that he had. He was just absent, that's all. And the driver who really wasn't absent throughout this weekend, I think it was a really good one, even though he didn't finish in the points once again, is George Russell. He finished P12. He started in that same position after being given a three-place grid penalty for the incident, the, the contact that he had with Carlos Sainz during the sprint race. And even though he finished in this position, I would say it was a positive weekend and he's improving a lot. And the Williams car is also improving a lot. Let's remember that on Friday, he got into Q3 for the second time in a row by finishing and finished the qualifying session on Friday exactly in P8. Then in the end, for uh, in the sprint race, the following day on Saturday, he finished P9. Uh, so again, I, I think it was a positive performance and there are many, many exciting things to come for George Russell in, in Williams in what is left from the season, more than half of the season left. And then we have, ahead of George Russell, we have the Alpha Tauri drivers, Pierre Gasly in P11 and Yuki Tsunoda in P10. Well, in the case of Pierre Gasly, I think, I don't know, I, I really think that he was uh, really absent, considering his previous performances uh, in, the, in Monaco, in, in Baku, Fran the French Grand Prix, Austria. I, I don't know, he, he had a really poor performance and so did Alpha Tower in general. They only scored one point from this weekend. That was a really poor one from the very beginning to the end. It is true Yuki Tsunoda had a good race because he started 16th on the grid. It was initially a very complicated day. But in the end, getting one point and finishing ahead of his teammate, I guess it is quite positive for the Japanese driver who is still trying to let to learn a lot from his teammate, from his car, considering that he's still a rookie. And yeah, definitely it is not easy to deal with that. And Esteban Ocon finished in P9 started after starting in that same position. It was a really positive day for him and for Alpine in general. They, in the end, Ocon was able to end this, this negative streak that he had by where he couldn't finish inside the points. In fact, in the past, in the previous races, he was uh, eliminated in Q1 the whole time and staying there throughout the whole race. Even the previous Grand Prix, the, which was the Austrian Grand Prix, he also, well, he had to retire in the first lap after having contact. So the fact that he got this result, I guess it is, again, it is positive and this shows how much he improved. And, and I think he improved in the, in the perfect moment and this will definitely boost his confidence for for the next races. And Lance Stroll with the Aston Martin finished ahead after starting 14th on the grid. He really had a great weekend. He saved after all this, uh, this race for Aston Martin after the DNF from his teammate, the four times world champion, Sebastian Vettel. And it was a really, pos a really strong race by Lance Stroll. He has been showing that probably since the, since the beginning of the season, being quite close to Sebastian Vettel from time to time. And I'm sure he can do also great things in the future. And yes, the driver who finished even ahead of Lance Stroll in P7 was the other Alpine driver, Fernando Alonso. He started in that same position. And what can I tell you? It was a superb drive, superb weekend from the two times world champion. Uh, first of all, I would say that his sprint race was magnificent. One of the best things that I have ever seen. He started P11, but then he made like five or six places in just a few corners. 
his start was unbelievable, placing himself P5. In the end, he was overtaken by the by the McLaren drivers, who were much faster than him and had better tires. But being able to keep that seventh position in the sprint race was a merit. And also being able to keep that position during the race when there were other drivers who were much faster with a faster car. Yes, definitely. It is something what Fernando Alonso did was just great and essential in order to get those, those six points. Um, eight in total for the team. And again, they are just one point behind the Alpha Tauri in the Constructors' Championship. They are looking for that fifth to recover, actually, uh, to regain that fifth position once again. And now it is Carlos Sainz who finished P6 after starting 10th on the grid. And I would say it was a strong weekend, not only for finishing in that position, very close of P5 from or in the last half of the race, but also because... Again, as I mentioned before, he had the incident with the contact with George Russell during the sprint race, and he had to rec he went from the very back to of the grid to P10 practically. He had to recover a lot in just a few laps, which is even more difficult in in a sprint race. But he, after all, he did it. He was able to do that, and that's why I would say that even after the the slow pit stop from Ferrari of 14 seconds, still it was a uh, many, many. I have to say many great things from Carlos Sainz today and his performance. Not only Carlos Sainz, but the performance from the Ferrari team in general. And Daniel Ricciardo, for in less than a second, finished ahead of him in P5 after starting sixth on the grid. And this race was really, really strong from Daniel Ricciardo. This is definitely going to boost his confidence a lot. The kind of result that he needed and the kind of result that his team McLaren needed after all. And thanks to it, they are still very strong in that Constructors' Championship. He earned 10 points that will also be very important for, for the Drivers' Championship in order to keep in, in the top 10. And yes, what can I tell you? I hope, I really hope, and I also believe that, Daniel Ricciardo, that from now on, Daniel Ricciardo could get even more adapted to the car and could make a lot of improvements. I'm sure that the potential and the future um, between Ricciardo and McLaren is bright and the relationship is bright as well. And so that's the one from Lando Norris. He finished P4 after starting fifth on the grid and another impressive race from Lando Norris, once again finishing inside the top five. And he now became, and, and I mentioned this in an Instagram post that I made uh, earlier today, he now has 15 consecutive races by finishing inside the top 10. So that means that, that is an impressive streak, by the way, but he's also the, the McLaren driver with, with most consecutive uh, point finish in, in the history of the legendary team that is McLaren, all right? A team that has been in Formula 1 for more than 60 years. And the fact that Lando Norris achieved that is just so impressive. And also that he's just 21, year old, 21 years old. He has so much to show, so much, like a big bright future ahead and I just so I'm just always impressed by Lando Norris I'm just always impressed and I think that he will keep impressing me and and most of the fans really by what he's doing this season and let me let me say this last year in his in what was his second season in Formula One I really got impressive I, got, I really got impressed by, by what was his performance and the results that he got, especially at the first half of the season. But this year, even more. Now he's once again third in the Drivers' Championship with 113 points. This, mean that, this means that he has 
more points this season than what he got the last one and in 2019. So again, so impressive from the McLaren driver. And now heading into the podium, Valtteri Bottas once again finishing in third position uh, after starting in that same position really. He was quite absent throughout the whole race. I mean, yes, it is good to have a podium for him, for the team, but nothing else really. Even he had to obey uh, team orders for, and he had to let Lewis by. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that he's comfortable with this position. He definitely wants more. He knows that he's capable of more, especially with the with the Mercedes car. And now that McLaren, that sorry, that Verstappen wasn't actually on the race, so definitely he could have achieved more. But the driver who did achieve a lot and was also voted as the driver of the day was Charles Leclerc. That's right. He finished P2 after starting fourth on the grid. And what can I tell you? I also said this in an Instagram post. One of his best performances of the season and probably over the past few years, really. Uh, how strong he was during the qualifying session, during the sprint qualifying on Saturday, then during the race, after the incident between Hamilton and Verstappen, he took first position. And yes, most fans would, would have thought, well, yes, he's in first position, but for how long, really? And well, he was, he led like 50 laps, which is very impressive. He kept Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas behind him, even from time to time he had engine issues. So... Again, really impressive. He gets uh, the first podium in a year and the second one in a row here in Silverstone. So I'm definitely sure that this will be, and let's hope really that this could be the first of many podiums this season. Still, he had to wait a lot to get that first podium of this season. But after all, I think that he, he definitely deserves it. It is his 12th podium of his Formula One career still a very short one, he has a, a lot of years ahead with Ferrari and, and hopefully as a Formula 1 driver as well. So what I, the only thing that I can say is on the one hand that I agree with the fact that he was voted as the driver of the day, I believe that as well. And yes, the other thing that I can say is congratulations to him and let's hope that this could work for him for, for the future really and for the next few races. And yes, the one, the driver who actually won the race by starting second on the grid, getting pole position on Friday during the qualifying session, was the one and only seven times world champion Lewis Hamilton. That's right. He, well, again, the same that I said with Max Verstappen, I will say with Lewis Hamilton, a race with a lot of controversy. A lot of controversy, really. He was given, after the incident with Verstappen, he was given a 10 second penalty that he served. Uh, during his first pit stop. But let's be honest, we all knew from that moment that the 10-second penalty wasn't just... What, was not going to make a negative impact on him, really. He, was, he had the pace uh, to, to recover what he lost, the time lost, and had the pace to win the race, especially without Verstappen, and especially knowing that Battery Bottas, his teammate, was going to let him by, which is exactly what happened. And so, yeah, there, there's not much to say, really. I know that, again, there's a lot of controversy here. Many people believe that what he did was horrible and that he, and even many people believe it was intentional. Also, the, the, those same people, that there, there are a lot that believe that, the, that he should get banned at least for one race, that, he, uh, that ideally that, that had to be the race. 
and that the second and that the 10 second penalty was a joke other people believe it was just a racing incident and that he was he wasn't to blame really and and that he did a really good job at recovering and everything really again a lot of opinions a lot of again a lot of controversies with this situation between Hamilton and Verstappen what is interesting will be to know what is going to happen after this how is Max Verstappen going to react after it I know that he's extremely furious about it he also commented that on social media uh, that he found it disrespectful the the way that Hamilton celebrated after after winning the race uh, many other people find it disrespectful found it disrespectful as well um, so again I think it will be what is interesting here is how is Max Verstappen going to react and how is Lewis Hamilton going to react as well after it what is, is also very clear is that the battle for the championship mostly for the drivers championship just got more intense than ever, got more interesting than ever. And this is just not a battle for the Drivers' Championship. This is a whole rivalry. This is a war for the, for the Drivers' Championship. And you know, the fact that we are able to see this rivalry, I, th I think in some way it is really positive without taking into account the controversies and everything, but it is really positive because Finally, after many years, we have a rivalry, we have a big battle for the Drivers' Championship. And after all, I'm sure that this rivalry between Hamilton and Verstappen, that this is just the beginning, by the way, but it is a rivalry that will remain in the history of Formula One. Uh, we can also remember other ones. Uh, for example, let me mention one, uh, Ayrton Senna against Alan Prost, that we saw a rivalry that we saw for many, for many years with a lot of controversies and incidents between them as well. Uh, some of them... They are believed that was in purpose, others not. Well, similar situations to these ones, really. No, not, not something completely different. But again, the, it is interesting to see all the controversy, all the debate that there has been uh, in social media from the fans, from the, from the teams, the drivers. Uh, we will see, really, if, if this is going to to change something, to make an effect on, on the rules in Formula 1 ahead of what is remaining of this year and next year. L let's see what the FIA will do in the next race in case something similar happens, whether it's from Lewis Hamilton, from Max Verstappen or from any other driver, in case and how they will act in case there is another controversy similar to this one. But for now, I have to tell you that it was uh, an interesting race a lot of we saw a lot of action, a lot of unpredictable moments. But after all, I know I, I will repeat this again. I know that I did it many times, but again, I will say it. What everybody will remain of this race, this race will remain in the history of Formula One. But you know, everyone will will remember this race for the controversy between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. So well. This was the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoy uh, I really enjoyed making this this podcast, this summary of the of the Silverstone Grand Prix. Uh, let's remember well that next race it is going to be in, in two weeks in the Hungarian Grand Prix, the last one before the summer break. And also by the way, I will tell you that probably during this week I will make a post-race analysis of what was the race or something similar because again there's a lot to talk about here and as there is a lot to talk about it is difficult to do it in just one podcast so i hope 
you are excited for it, so am I really. And as I always say, thank you very much and see you in the next podcast.